we are talking about Proverbs and flee sin. If you are one of the youth that's going to read, come on up. Uh, Get lined up, grab the mic. So before we start with them, uh, imagine that you are looking through your photo album. And if your photo album is like ours, there's some popular pictures, some ones that maybe you have on the wall even. You know, you see them all the time. But then there's other ones that you don't look at very often. You know, maybe they come in series and you think, I should, you know, every once in a while sit down and look through them and it brings back some good memories or you think about a trip you took or maybe a bad experience. You're like, oh, that ended poorly, whatever it was. Uh, So today we're going to work on Oh, (laughs) if you could only see what I see, I thought that James and Zach were going out for cheerleading. Uh, (laughs) So um, so today, imagine two things. One, it's not the pictures on the wall. These aren't the proverbs that everybody pulls out. These are the ones that, you know, are, are in the photo album. And two, recognize that in many of these verses, many of these proverbs don't relate specific, uh, shouldn't say this, they don't bring up God specifically. But imagine when you're looking at photography that you take every picture and you recognize that it is a reflection of the photographer's interest. So even though uh, we will not spend a lot of time talking about the New Testament today, our photographer is still God. And Solomon, the writer of Proverbs. And so it's important that we recognize that we're seeing life from his vantage point. So I thought, even though you'll hear these Proverbs later today, the key is really the Proverbs, right? The pictures, not what I say about them. So I thought, you know what? Let's get these guys up here. They will read a few Proverbs. I'll run the microphone for them and uh, we'll see what happens. Who can say, I have made my heart pure, I am clean from my sin? Keep your heart with all vigilance, for for from it it flows the springs of life. Put away your crooked speech, and put on devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay back the man for what he has done. Whoever diligently seeks good, seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. It is a snare to say rashly, it is holy, and to reflect only after making vows. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone tremble or stumble. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, 
Even his prayer is an abomination. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. Just a couple more. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Whoever conceals his his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will will obtain mercy. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life, life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I get a hand for these guys? Hey! Great job. So my topic today is flee sin. It's part of a series, uh, as Ben mentioned. He did fear God. He gave me flee sin and then pursue righteousness. You need to understand two things when you think about flee sin. First, you need to understand what fleeing is. So I've got a couple helpful pictures. So fleeing is like running like crazy when something bad is following you. Uh, sin is the other thing that we ought to understand. Sin, I, like grace, excellent, John, like grace. Sin is one of those words that gets overused. Uh, sin is one of those words that gets overused. And I think we, it becomes sort of Christianese. We forget how, uh, what it means. Sin, uh, if you were at work, it would be insubordination against your boss. If you were at home, it would be disobedience. But we are created in God's image. Uh, the God of the universe says this is the way you ought to live. And when we don't do it, that is sin. Sin can come from one of three places. It comes from Satan, uh, from his minions, you know, trying to convince us to do wrong. It comes from the world around us. Uh, and it comes from the desires of our, of our own heart. So today, as you think about fleeing sin... Try not to think about it as Christian ease, you know, as a Bible word. Uh, Think about it as a recognition that we do wrong things that we ought not to do. Uh, And I'll say one other thing, that uh, sin is one of those things that, wait, this is the big finish. If you need to flee sin, do it. But uh, Solomon would say, I think, But you've probably already made several avoidable errors in judgment already. So today we will talk about how Solomon says, avoid the thing in the first place. What are some signposts that if you've gotten it wrong, you'll know, uh oh, I'm in a bad way. A couple quick things. We talked about the uh, the cataloging, cataloging our photos, right? So a lot of this morning is going to be a quick look at a proverb, a couple comments, and then moving on to the next one. One thing you should know, it's not my fault, but often in Proverbs, because we're looking at sin, uh, it will be referred to as she, you know, folly is she. I wanted to express three things before we got into it. One, wisdom is also a she. I just don't get to read those verses because that's not what I was assigned. So, you know, number two, 
language often has gender. Many languages do. English does not. So if you're speaking Spanish, a guitar would be a she, a car would be a he. So when you refer to the car or the uh, guitar, you would use the pronoun of the specific gender of the thing you're referring to. That does not mean that all she's are guitars, of course, or all guitars are she's. It's just part of the language. So when we read, you know, that folly or wisdom are she's in Proverbs, we ought not to overread that. Uh, in some ways, it's an artifact of translating a uh, language with masculine and feminine nouns to a language that does not have them. And number three, remember, Proverbs is a book of wisdom from a father to his son. I would expect you mothers, when you write your book of wisdom to your daughters, that it would be full of warnings about the scoundrels, uh, the young men that she may run across, and there would be a lot of he pronouns, and we would say, okay, we had it coming. So, all that said, this morning, put yourself in the place of the young man who is receiving this wisdom, male or female, there's something in it for all of us. Let's get started. First off, you should recognize that sin will entice you. Sin, doing wrong, isn't just a pit on a dark night that you could wander into by accident. It is a predator. Sin wants to pull you in. It wants you to be held hostage. Uh, Proverbs 1, 10 and 11 says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. From our vantage point on Sunday morning, it's easy to say, you know what? I don't want to do bad things. I want to follow God. And it's pretty easy. But sin is crafty. It looks for the time and the place and the topic that will pull you in most. Each of us will struggle with different things. I think it was several months ago, Craig, that you talked about uh, respectable sins. And, you know, when you talked about the fact that there are different things, you said, you know, a few times he said, here's what I struggle with. And I would say, sin is crafty. It knows what you struggle with and it pulls you in. It doesn't try to get you to rob a bank in the middle of the day, probably, because you don't struggle with that. But it pulls you in in your own way. James may have had this in mind 700 years later. When he said, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Or in Genesis 4, 7, it says, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and you must master it. So um, this is not a new idea that sin is coming after you. But sin is flexible in its approach. It looks for the simple. Proverbs 9, 13 through 16 says... The woman folly is loud. There's a couple of things I'm going to want you to take from these verses. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat at the highest places of town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, dot, dot, dot. Imagine that each of you have your own personalized Nigerian prince email scam. Something designed to pull you in that's like, hey, have I got a deal for you? It's coming your way. What I would say is sin is loud and proud. Sometimes it's like, okay, it's at home. When nobody else is watching, you're in your place. Sometimes it's proud and public 
out in the middle of everywhere and it's calling you in and it's like everybody's doing it. Both times are dangerous to us. So let's talk about the pitfalls of sin. So I go rock climbing periodically with my team. We gather in different cities, but I have people in like San Francisco or Denver or Phoenix. And I've got this guy that not only does he like to rock climb, but he is part monkey. I'm pretty sure he's long and he's he's just really built right for it. And I think there's a picture not of us, actually, but of different rock climbing places that we've been um, and and what you'll find when you go rock climbing is first they're graded uh, five or a 5.0 is this. But then you start when you rock climb and you start at like a 5.6 and then you proceed 5.7, 5.8, 5.9, 5.10, 5.11, which is actually higher. So we know rock climbers and decimals are not friends. But nonetheless, um, I started at like a 5.6 and then 5.7. And what you do when you're rock climbing is you've got these colored rocks and you start at your place and maybe you're going for the red tape. And, you know, when you you look for red tape and then you kind of go all the way up three, four stories, if you look down, it's frankly a little frightening. Uh, And then as you progress, the tracks get harder and harder. The footholds get smaller and smaller. So and then at some point it moves from being flat to being sort of concave, you know, where it's coming back and you're actually sort of holding on upside down. Uh, And it's it's impressive to watch some people uh, and they're climbing. What I want you to do today is think about where you fit on that scale from sin's standpoint. Does sin have an easy time getting a foothold in your life? Are you like a. You know, maybe you're like a four nine. I don't know. You're like, oh, it's like a downhill slide for sin. It just comes right in. Or maybe you uh, you've progressed and you're, you know, you've pushed off sin and you've said, you know what? I'm wise to your evil ways. I will not do that. And so you've progressed, you know, you're five point eight, five point nine. You know, you make it tougher and tougher. I would ask that you look to get your rock climbing scale up. So sin has a harder and harder time. First. Some some ideas of footholds, crooked speech, wandering to the right or to the left. Proverbs 4, 24 through 27 says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all of your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Lots of small steps here, crooked speech, devious talk, looking forward, not swerving to the right or the left, pondering where your feet will go. So I'm going through Kissinger's biography. It's very interesting, or one of probably several. And uh, there's a situation where he said something publicly, uh, Henry Kissinger did, that turned out to be very false. And uh, William Sapphire, who was the speechwriter at the time for the president, said, I can't believe you said that. You know, did you mean to? Uh, and, and Kissinger was like, no, I said it, as a matter of fact, for Hanoi so that they would know we were still going to sign these agreements, these documents. And uh, William Sapphire says, well, at least you didn't do it to mislead uh, the Americans, uh, Sapphire said, trying to be nice. And then Kissinger says, so they'll say that I was naive, you know, and I don't do the uh, German accent very well. And, uh, you know. Sapphire responds, better naive than devious. And sadly, Kissinger says, not in this job. 
And uh, so when you think about deviousness, it's someone that uh, uses language in kind of an underhanded way to try to forward their ends. You know, so if that's something you do, that's a foothold for sin. If you recognize that um, the way you talk is devious, crooked, uh, or that you, you know, you want to check around a lot. See what else is out there. Be careful. Number two, seeking failure for others. Proverbs twenty four seventeen says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. This one feels harder to me. If I don't know someone or someone's a friend, I think, oh, they stumbled. That's not good. And I want the best. I reach my hand out. I grab them up. But when someone has caused me pain and strife throughout the years, it's hard to not be a little bit like <laughs> happy when something bad happens. Right. But this is like this is like a foothold. So this is one of those places where all of a sudden, you know, you're giving sin this great foothold to um, do good things in your do bad things in your life. Solomon says, don't do it. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 says, like a madman who throws firebrands. So a firebrand, I had to look this up. It's like a burning stick, right? You know, so it's like you pick it up out of the fire and you're throwing it or arrows and death is the man who deceives his neighbors and neighbor and says, I am only joking. So people can fall into this trap. It's happened in our house where someone says something offensive or hurtful or sarcastic to someone. And then afterwards, we're like, oh, I was just kidding. Don't do it, Solomon says. That's one of those footholds. Proverbs twenty four twenty nine. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. So I'll say two things about this proverb. One, you'll recognize the antithesis in a good way of the golden rule here, right? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Uh, so that's cool. And then number two, you think about the Old Testament is often known for an eye for an eye, right? It's like, you know, judgmental, you know, oh, an eye for an eye and, you know, the law. And that's not untrue. But if you think Leviticus is talking about societal norms, is talking about laws that must be in place to keep a society uh, uh, organized Proverbs Solomon is talking to you and I About our personal situations and They're saying it's not up to you To go and get retribution For the bad things that happen to you Later in the New Testament God will say judgment is mine I will repay right So we hear it first in Proverbs Or early on in Proverbs That an eye for an eye Is not for you and I To um, follow up on Number three Looking for sin we do look for sin. Proverbs eleven twenty seven says, whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Don't tell me you haven't done this one because we all have. It's like you get a little intrigued. You think, hmm, I wonder what that would be like. Proverbs 7, 7 and 8 gives an example. It says, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense. It's all of us at one time. Passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house. So at first, this guy is just out and he's kind of wandering, but maybe he's got too much free time. And he kind of is like, you know, there's some good stuff going on over there. I just don't know much about it. He's curious. And he, he, he gives into that. And then one step leads to another. And by the time he uh, doesn't think about it, uh, he just sort of feels it. And he's, he's at sin's doorstep. That is a foothold. Avoid these places. Number four, are we overconfident? I'm going to use a different version for this. Normally I use ESV, which is in your um, 
under uh, the seat in front of you. And I'm sorry I'm going so quickly. Given a topic like Fleecen and Proverbs, it's hard to not camp on three verses and just go nuts. So, uh, um, so anyway, this is out of the New English translation because I like the way it's translated. We could talk about why later. Uh, haughty eyes and a proud heart. The agricultural product of the wicked is sin. We are in the Midwest. It is not hard to recognize that if we have arrogant eyes, a proud heart, that we are, uh, you know, we're cutting our rows and we're putting lots of seeds in there and we will get this harvest of sin. So be thoughtful. If, uh, if you or I are in a situation where we're proud, that can be trouble. We'll get a bumper crop. Number five, going for the quick win. Proverbs 20, 25 says it is a snare to say rashly it is holy and reflect only after making vows. Proverbs 29, 20 says, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Two things happen. One, we say dumb stuff, right? We say things that we wish we had not. Maybe we're critical. Maybe we're hurtful. But number two, sometimes we make promises and we think, oh, I should not have made that promise. But it's too late because you've already said it. So it's like, don't be don't be hasty when you're promising something. And number six, and this one's probably a little PG rated, but uh, it was from the Proverbs and I wanted to have it anyway. Uh, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, observe carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are given to appetite. What does that mean? Well, that means you're sitting in this place and you're like, boy, how did I get here? This is excellent. The food is wonderful. And you think, do I exercise control or do I dive in fully? And you think, you know what? I'm going to dive in. I deserve this thing. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. And, and there's no real good reason for you to be there except for you've been invited. And you're kind of like, how did this good thing happen? It's like, you know, this free lunch. It's awesome. But then later you recognize that you've been duped. Recognize that even today, if you are looking for something, if you are taking a, if you are getting something and the person isn't charging you for it, you are the product. You are there because it's not about the thing that's traded hands. You are the thing that's being traded. And uh, so be careful uh, when you are sitting down and making decisions and something seems too good to be true. When you get the call, hey, I'm going to give you a free vacation. Just come listen to this thing. Or um, even Gmail. Love Gmail, but uh, don't kid yourself. For Google, you are the product. <laughs> so, uh, all of that said, those are the footholds for sin. There's three um, signs that you're on this pathway to disobedience. One, you ought to avoid wrong command, uh, companions. Proverbs 4, 14 to 16 says, Don't enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. This verse is full of strong admonishments. Sin is contagious. It's one thing to hang out with someone that has a real bad habit, you know, terrible tempers and bad things. As a matter of fact, to share Christ, we often would want to do that. But when they become your tight companions, that's when Proverbs says danger is coming. 
Recognize also that sin leaves you vulnerable. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. If you are that city and your walls are gone, when you're attacked by sin, you are vulnerable. You will have a loss. Proverbs 28, uh, 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So in those times in my life when I have done wrong, the guilt gets to me. It's like someone doesn't even have to be asking me, holding me accountable, and I still feel a little nervous. Like, uh, oh, I don't want to be in this place or whatever. That's what he's saying. He's saying be thoughtful about um, about your wickedness because it, it makes you flee even when no one's running after you. And third, we become bad company in this situation. Proverbs 10:17b says, "He who rejects reproof leads others astray." So do you remember a few minutes ago I said avoid companions, sin is contagious, and you're like, "Oh, I don't want to be a friend with the wicked. You know, I want to witness to them and share with them." Well, when you head down this path, you become, I become the bad companion, and that's no good. But there is an alternate path to righteousness. Righteousness brings protection. Proverbs 2, 11 and 12. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil. From men of perverted speech. I love that. So, so all of this said. Remember, this is from God's vantage point. He says, here's how to avoid the thing. You should be discreet. Proverbs 12, 6 says, The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. Think back a little bit. When is the last time that your mouth has delivered you from bad stuff? It, I had to think back a little ways. I'm just saying. <laughs> Proverbs twelve thirteen: An evil man is ensnared by transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. But beyond just protection, righteousness in the Proverbs, Solomon says, will give us strength. Proverbs 16, 32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And last, when we are in a situation when we are avoiding sin, uh, we have become that strong walled city. Our, our own words are protecting us. We become good company. Proverbs 15:18 says, a hot temp- a hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. This person has good emotional intelligence, right? They uh, they see a problem, they're like, I don't I don't have to. Not only do I not have to get involved in that. There's a verse that says when you get involved in somebody else's quarrels, it's like pulling the ears of a dog, you know, which is no good for sure. Uh, but uh, in this situation, you're cool headed. You are patient and the thing goes downhill. It, it, you know, there's not so much energy to it. So we're going to wrap up with this. Caught. What can be done? Proverbs seven twenty one through 23 says, With much seductive speech, she persuades him. This is back to sin being our predator. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or a stag is caught fast. Till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost his life. Okay, so story time. Uh, 
How many know, by show of hands, Marlon Perkins, Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom? Uh Uh-oh. Not as many as should. Okay, so this was like the first of the animal shows, right? Where you watch the animal and the, the hippopotamus is stuck in the, you know, in, in the fat of mud. Or like the alligator has just grabbed some poor smaller animal. I don't know what. And you've got Marlon Perkins. And sadly, I don't remember the other guy's name, the one that actually did all the work. Sa- Savage? Jim Savage or something? Yeah, okay, so... Um, so he does all the work, and but Marlon Perkins is there. He's providing the voiceover. So we're going to do a voiceover for these verses. You, sadly, are being persuaded, and she is pulling you in. So imagine this. We're, we're sitting together on the couch. We're watching Wild Kingdom. Or pick some newfangled, undoubtedly not as good show about animals, uh, you know, which, whatever you want. And there's the guy that's giving the commentary. And he's like, he's like, oh, look, we see man in his natural habitat. He is, he's wandering, almost, almost unaware. But then you can see his head. He, he turns and he listens and he hears something that entices him, that pulls him in. Let's see what he does next. Oh, he's, he's wandering closer. Oh, you know what? I, he's, he's being pulled in. He thinks he's the predator, though. That's the skill of this other animal. He thinks that he is the aggressor. He gets closer and closer. Let's watch. Oh, I can't believe it. She has turned the tables on him. She's pulled him in. He is snared. I can't believe it. What will happen next? Let's keep watching. He seems strangely unaware that he is even the victim here. I think he still thinks he's the aggressor. Now she's, she's putting a muzzle on him. She is leading him down the road. And yet he seems completely okay with it. What is going on here, you may ask? Well, we've seen it a lot of times on Wild Kingdom. You may not know where he's going, but he is going to be slaughtered. He's helpless now. He cannot get away. You may ask, is there any hope for escape for him? And I will tell you, not on his own. If he is left to his own devices, he's as good as dead. So then, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to pull you back to modern day prairie view. And close with this. There is one that can pull us out of the captor's mouth. We can be so easily enticed by sin, and we don't even know. You could be caught in sin today, right now, and you could be perfectly content. I am not a captive, just like the ox that goes to slaughter. Perfectly happy. He's been down this road a million times. He's like, it's all good. And yet, there's bad stuff that waits for him at the end of the road. I would argue, be conscientious about footholds of sin in your life. And look at Proverbs 28, 13, just so redemptive. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. That's what I worry about for us, that we're sealing our tra- concealing our transgressions. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Makes me think of Romans 6.23. Matter of fact, I kind of wonder if uh, Paul wasn't thinking about that proverb when he wrote this. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
So if you and I are caught by sin ever, ever, and we know and we have this inkling that we are being led to slaughter, it will only be because the king of the land wanders by and says, I'm willing to pay the price to free this young man or this young lady from uh, where you are leading him. Take it. Take it. Recognize that Jesus Christ died on the cross after living a sinless life. He paid the price so that we don't have to be stuck in our sin. Because all these things, we can run from it. We can avoid it. Take very human stances, hopefully with God on our side. But without Jesus Christ in your life, you have no hope. You will be bound and led down the road. And uh, But Jesus Christ says, it ought not be. And I will pay the price for you. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just ask that you would be with us this morning, that you would help us be aware of the depth of Proverbs, of the story arc that it tells. Help us to flee sin when we need to, but even before that, help us to recognize sin, to stay away from it, to avoid it, to not give it footholds. Help it be a uh, hard rock climb in our lives. God, we thank you so much for um, your word and for the depth of it and the breadth. Uh, it's, it's super enjoyable to read and to ponder. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.